0: Hey church, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today here on FC Radio. I hope this message encourages you in your walk of faith and helps you to become a better follower of Jesus. Check out our website at www.ferncreekcc.org and let us know how we can be praying for you. Here's the message you. Thanks for being with us this morning. For those of you in our online campus, we want to welcome you this morning. No matter where you're tuning in from, man, we want you to know you're part of the Fern Creek family. So it's just really, really good to be together. If you're visiting with us, we're in a brand new series that we started a couple weeks ago called Kings and Kingdoms. We're walking through the books of 1 and Second Kings, talking about some of the kings of the two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And we're really kind of learning some life lessons from these rulers of God's people. And today, I want to get right into it. Our our king for the day is a dude named Uzziah, King Uzziah. He's one of the good guys, and we find his record in 2 Kings chapter 15. It says this, look at verse 1, Uzziah, son of Amaziah, began to rule over Judah in the 27th year of the reign of King Jeroboam of Israel, so, so again, remember, you know, Jeroboam is the king of the north in Israel, and while he's reigning, Uzziah is going to come to the throne in the kingdom of the south, right? He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jekeliah from Jerusalem, that is our introduction. Now what I'm drawn to in these verses is that Uzziah was 16 when he became the ruler of God's people. Those of you who are older, do you remember what it was like to be 16? I can't remember, right? But 16, while most kids are getting their chariot license, this guy is the ruler of God's people. And so to help you understand that, I'd like to see if, are there any 16 year olds in the the room? Any 16? 16 years old. Wow, everybody, Caroline, come on up. Yeah, I I see you back there. All right. Come on up here. Let's give give her a big, big, big hand. Come on up here. 16, all right. Um, So let everybody know your name. I'm Caroline. Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Good times never seem so good. (laughs) Do you know that song? Do you know that song? Yes. There's a song written after you. That's, I digress. I digress. So can you imagine what it would be like if we had the power to anoint you queen over Kentucky? That'd be pretty, would that be pretty awesome? Yeah. Would you be a benevolent queen or a, or a pretty mean queen? Benevolent, but a little mean. A little mean. Well, that's all right. That's all right. So um, so if you're, we're going to make you, how about we make her queen of Fern Creek? You think that'd be all right? Queen of Fern Creek. All right. So, so listen, I got... You can't just, you can't just be the queen of Fern Creek without a few things. So I've got, we got, you got to look the part. So I'm going to put this, yep. Oh, you, you got it going on. So yeah, yeah, there you go. So you got a little royal, the, the, the colors of the house, Fern Creek, L's up, L's up. All right. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you got it. You know what you're doing. What else does the queen need? A throne. Oh, you got A throne. You need a throne. Well, absolutely, you need a throne. The throne was the symbol of the imperialness of your kingdom. So, every queen's throne showed the world who she was. So, your throne, your majesty. Thank you. Yes. Oh, well, by the looks of this throne, thy kingdom is going through something we call a budget deficit. But you, your majesty, my lady, will bring prosperity to the kingdom. There are other things that a queen needs. You need, uh, I got a few things back here. Every queen, you got to have a little bling, right? So we've got, we've got a crown. Your head fits just right. Look at that. That's awesome. Uh, may, May you rule and govern us with with great wisdom, your majesty. Now also every queen needs a scepter, the staff of wisdom, so there is your staff for the, for the oh, and also you need, do you know how kings and queens like signed contracts? Do you know how they, they they used the signet ring, so we've got we've got rings for you as well. We're gonna make you look like Liberace, whoever that guy. Is. I don't, you probably don't know who Liberace is, but there you go. So, so rings there. So now, you've got you got the you got the whole thing going on. So now, so now, if you were the queen of Fern Creek for the day, if you could, what would be your first royal decree? Like, if you could, like, make any law, any rule, what 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 law would you would you govern us with? Your first one. No more masks. No more mask. You will be a wise and benevolent ruler, Queen Caroline. The people are behind you. Well, now, one more thing. I've got a decree. She's going to be the queen. We've got a decree. Is your family here? Is your family here? Yes. Where are they? They're back there. Oh, they're back in the back. There you are, family of, of our queen. I have a decree that uh, she will take with her today that you will need to abide by that says this. Parents of our benevolent ruler, it is hereby decreed that Caroline of the Fern Creek is declared queen for the day. As queen, her majesty Caroline will be free from any chores this day (laughs) and shall be able to pick what's for lunch as long as it fits within the family budgets. May you countest thine lucky stars for being the parents of such a fine ruler. Long live Queen Caroline of the Fern Creek. Thank you very much, Caroline. There you go. Thank you very much. You can have it. And you're free to wear that as long as you want and to remind your parents that you're queen for the day, all right? Fantastic. Thank you. So, 16, you know, man, being the ruler. I think what I was drawn to when I was reading that this week is I want to talk to our young people for a second, right? So, all of our teenagers. Um, sometimes I think when you're a young person, you think, you know, I'm too young. God, God could never use someone like me. Like, I've got to wait till I'm really old, like till I'm 30, right? Before God could ever use me. And, and, and I want all of our, our teenagers, our, our grade school kids, I want you to know, man. This, this guy was 16 when he became the ruler of God's people. So God wants to use you now, not someday when you're older. God wants to use you now. And I think about the influence that you can have in your teenage years. Man, with your peers, you can, you can tell them about how good God's been to you. When you begin to date, you can, you can establish your dating relationships as relationships of righteousness. Man, you can defend other people when other people are, are picking on or bullying on other people. You can, you've got the ability to influence the world today. And so, young people, I want you to realize that Uzziah, man, God used him as a teenager, and God wants to use you as well. And then the message for really all of us is as older folks, as parents, as grandparents, man, we, we want to shape uh, the faith of our kids, right? I want this to be a church, and I know we all want this. We want this to be a church where our young people can ask questions. You know, sometimes when I mean, you, you come to, you're not allowed that. No, you can ask any question you want. This ought to be a church where, as our kids are exploring their faith, we give them space to do that. We put some bumpers around them, but when, you know, when a young person makes a mistake or when a person, young person doesn't hit it quite right, we ought to be a church where, where it's a very generous, a very grace-filled place. And I'm sure Uzziah. Had adults around him at 16. I'm sure he had adults around him who helped shape, shape his faith. And so I, mean, I, as I, as I, I just wanted to rest there with you that, that we have a generation that, uh, man, we, we, you're, you're not the future of the church. You're the present of the church, young people. And I want us as an older congregation, as, as, as older people with our younger people, to model what faith looks like and to let them grow in their faith. So Uzziah was 16. He ruled for 52 years. Second longest reign of any king of the southern kingdom. He ruled for a long, long time. So what did he do? Well, let's, let's look at what the text says. Look at 2 Kings chapter 15, verse three. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Now, stop there for a second. When you're the king of, of, of millions of people, I'm sure you wake up every single day uh, thinking about how are my people doing? How are our borders? How are our treaties? How's the economic prosperity of the land? I'm sure there's a gazillion things that flood your mind when you're trying to lead a nation. But what I love about Uzziah was the number one priority in his, in his life was, am, am I pleasing the Lord? And I think that's, that's an amazing little off ramp for all of us. You've got tons of stuff to do in your life. You may run a business, you may have uh, you know, papers due, you may have all kinds of things going on, but don't let that crowd out. Your number one priority is every single day, God, may the words that come out of my mouth today be pleasing. God, may the thoughts that I think today, I'm gonna think a lot of things today, but may the thoughts be pleasing to you. God, I'm gonna do a lot of things today, but may my behavior, may it be pleasing to you. As a church who makes disciples who makes disciples, don't ever forget the number one thing is your discipleship first. Every single day you get out of bed, it's, God, how can I follow you today? How can I be pleasing to you today? So I love that about Uzziah, that his thoughts, his actions, his deeds, they were pleasing to the Lord. He also did all kinds of stuff. Listen to what the Bible talks us about. He was a great military general. Somebody he defeated a lot of enemies. He was a great builder. The Bible talks about how many towns that he, he built and established. He was an agricultural genius when it came to farming and vineyards. He was an inspirational leader. He had one of the largest armies in all of Israel, all Judah's history. He provided his army with all kinds of modern day technology. This this couple of verses really stood out to me this week. Look at 2 Chronicles. So remember, 2 Chronicles kind of fills in the gaps of 2 Kings. So they're two different books written by two different authors, but they really overlap and cover the same period of history. So in 2 Chronicles, look at what we read about Uzziah. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem, designed by experts, experts to protect those who shot arrows. And he hurled large stones from the towers in the corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very Powerful. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? You know, you know who Uzziah was today, in, in today's equivalency? He's the modern day Elon Musk. Right? When I think of Elon Musk, I mean, Musk is going to Mars and building electronic. I mean, Uzziah was like, I'm going to build these contraptions on the walls so when people shoot their arrows, you can't take our guys out. And I'm going to build these big catapults. So we're going to throw these big. I mean, he was just an innovator, genius, and, and he was just it's an awesome king. And, and, and so his fame spread. There was political stability in the country. He was bringing economic prosperity to the country. People were being fed, and he was an innovator. His fame went, I mean, he is one of the greatest kings of the southern kingdom. And then we come to 2 Chronicles 26, 16. Here, but. But. And I read that, I'm like, no, no. I mean, this guy, everything's doing so well. He's following God, loving God. And it we come to them, a big old butt, right? And anytime you read scripture and you come across a butt, you're like, all right, the wheels are gonna fall off. And they fall off. This godly man who loves God and is doing so well, man, is gonna, is gonna fall, and this is how it's gonna happen. Look at 2 Chronicles 26, 16. But when he had become powerful, he also became, tell me the next word, proud, also became proud, which led to his downfall. And Last week, we talked about Jehoshaphat. He was a godly king, but we talked about his, what tripped him up was brain freeze, remember? Brain freeze. Uzziah doesn't have brain freeze. Uzziah suffers from BHS. You know what BHS is? Big head syndrome, (laughs) right? His head, I mean, he... He started believing all the press, and his head got about five times the size of a normal head, right? And, and, and pride's gonna take him down. And when you think about how, I mean, pride takes so many people down. Pride was the original sin, did you know that? I mean, I mean, Satan, that was Satan's fall. That was, Satan wanted to take the place of God. So pride led to his downfall. Adam and Eve, what was their sin? Pride. I wanna take that fruit, I wanna eat that fruit. Pride was the downfall of David. David saw Bathsheba, and in his pride, he's like, I, I want her. And pride, man, it dethrones. It pushes God out of the equation. It puts you and I on the throne. In pride, we say, the most important person is me, how I feel, how I think, what I want. And as the, the, the poet Invictus, written by a guy named Henry uh, Wallace Henley, in Invictus, he has this line that says, I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. And that's, that's what pride screams, right? Now, now in Louisville, we were talking about pride. Uh, uh, we, 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 had a, we, we have a national celebrity from our city who was considered back in his day to be one of the most prideful men to ever live. What was his name? Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, right? Now, I don't know if this is true, but it's rumored that Ali was on a flight once and as the flight was getting ready to take off, a uh, stewardess came by and she said, Mr. Ali, you need to fasten your seatbelt. And Ali looked up and he said, Sugar, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she looked back at him and she said, Superman don't need no airplane. Buckle up, buster, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but, but I mean, pride, again, I, pride doesn't listen to anybody. Pride is all about what's in it for me. And Proverbs 16, 18 says this about pride, and you need to know this. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So this guy who had ruled God's people for many, many years and had done some really, really great things, all of it's gonna collapse because of this attitude of pride. He's gonna fall. How does it happen? Look at 2 Chronicles 26. It tells us, he sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Now, now, maybe you look at that and you go, well, I don't, I don't get that. Like, how is that such a big deal? Oh, it's a, it's a huge deal. Here, here's the dealio, right? God said, the only people who can come into my temple are my priests. The only person who can burn incense on the altar of incense is a priest. What is Uzziah not? He's not a priest. He's the king, but he's not a priest. And he wakes up and he's just got this giant big head. And he's like, you know what? I, I want to go offer the, the offering. I want to go. I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm the... those rules apply to everybody but me. And, and that's what pride begins to do to us. Pride wants what we don't have. Pride wants to do what we're not supposed to do. And, and it just nudges us. And we, again, we think, it's, well, that's, that warning is for everybody else. Or those consequences won't impact me. I'm above the law. I don't need to walk that way. And it nudges us to say things, to think things, or to do things that aren't right, that aren't good. And as Uzziah is walking into the temple to do something he's not supposed to do, Something amazing goes down. Look at 2 Chronicles 26, 17. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men, and they confronted King Uzziah. And they said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone. They're telling him something he already knows. But here's what I love about this. Isn't that refreshing? You've got this priest, this high priest, and he finds 80 other brave men, and they're gonna go confront the king. They're gonna get in his grill. They're gonna say, boss, you're out of line. You're not supposed to be here. Don't do this. And what a great lesson for all of us. We live in a day where, sadly, no one wants to say anything when people begin to go off the rails, We live in a day when we see the world making poor choice after poor choice after poor choice. We see the world today who uh, wants to veer away from what God has to say. And and we silently just put our hands in our pockets and we silently put our head down and we say, well, you know, it's none of my business or I can't make a difference or I probably shouldn't say anything. And we just we don't like to confront. Now, I get it. I, I get it. Because sometimes when you do confront people, sometimes when you do stand up and you make your voice heard, what happens, you get thumped. Sometimes you get flipped off, sometimes you, you get ostracized, right? And so I get, but what, what I find refreshing is, there is this priest of these 80 guys who could care less about what happens to them. I, I don't care what he says, I don't care. He could kill us all, we don't care. What's right is right, what's wrong is wrong, and we're gonna stand up and we're gonna say this is not right. And so I just want us as we're learning about Uzziah, I want us to learn that that sometimes we gotta find our own voice. And sometimes we gotta go against the crowd, and sometimes we gotta go against the power, and sometimes we gotta stand up and we gotta confront. So so what I'm what I'm what I'm suggesting and what I'm trying to learn is there's a right way to do that, but God, if I ever am faced with a situation where I've got to choose between cowering or confronting, God may you give me the strength to confront no matter what happens, no matter what they say. And again, may I do that in love, but may I, may I confront when you call me to. So, so Uzziah is confronted. Now, again, we're, we're learning about pride. Go back to Uzziah for a second. When he's confronted, watch what else we learn about pride. Look at 2 Chronicles, look, look at 26, 19a. Uzziah, who had the censer in his hand, read, so he's, already, he, he's not coming out, he's in there. He's ready to burn the incense. He became angry. While he was raging at the priest in their presence, so, so when they're confronting him, he, what's he doing? Well, yeah, you guys are right, yeah, I should. No, they're confronting him, and he's, he's torqued. I mean, he's raging at them. Who are you to, so to, While he's so here's what we learn about pride. If, if you are looking at yourself going, well, I don't, I don't struggle with pride. Well, let me check that for a second. One of the, the symptoms of pride is, How do you handle confrontation? How do you handle when someone gets into your space? How do you handle when someone has criticism for you? Like, you know, Uzziah, uh, man, he rages at that. And I reflected, I did a little self-reflection this week, and I thought about my younger days when people would confront me and people would say some things to me. In my younger days, I didn't like it. I mean, you know, I, I'm not one to like fight in public. I'm not one to like, you know, verbally come back at you. But in my younger days when people would confront me, in my mind, you know, I would smile on the outside, but in my mind, I'm like, who the heck are you? You know, you, you, who, who are you to tell me what to? I mean, in, in my, you know, so I, but, but I just had this, I had this arrogance in my spirit when people would confront me. Now, Now, why was that? I, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I struggled with the sin of pride. I didn't realize it, but I, I, I kicked back and I raged at people. And so what what another you know, what multiple trips around the sun have taught me, right, is, is just to relax a little bit with that. Like I have blind spots. Look, look I, I am sure, I am sure if you've been at this church at any length of time, I am gonna say things I am probably gonna do some things that, that, you, that may offend you. And, and I don't set out to do that, but I'm just human. I, I, I'm gonna drop the ball from time to time. And what I'm, what I'm suggesting to you as, as the congregation is when I overstep that line, I hope you will confront me. I, I hope you will, I want you to do that. I, I would welcome that. Now, I wanna set up some guidelines for that, right? Well, let me me just be smart for a second. When I cross that line, I want you to confront me, but here's how I don't want you to do it. So don't don't do this. Don't send me an anonymous letter. Don't confront me that way. Because if you don't sign it, I won't read it. That's just been my policy for years and years and years. When I get a letter, I go to the very back. If there is no signature, I don't read it. Because I I don't think that's right. So don't confront me by an anonymous letter. Don't don't confront me by talking to me, talking about me in your small group. (laughs) All right? Don't confront me by walking down, sticking your finger in my face, and go, may God, burn you! (laughs) Don't confront me that way, right? And 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 on Sunday mornings, you know, if it it could wait till Monday, right? Like if it's something big, I get it. But sometimes I'm in this space where, where it's like, okay, God, we're gonna enter into your word and we're gonna continue in our worship. But I, but I promise you, if if you will, if you will, um, if, if, if I disappoint you, if I offend you, if you will follow Matthew eighteen, I will receive. I will receive it with open arms. Remember what Matthew chapter eighteen says. Look at verse fifteen. If a brother sins against you, so if a brother drops the ball, I want you to go and show him his fault just between the two of you. So so I'm just I'm just telling you, if I if if, if you ever. You know, if I ever need to confront you, I, I, I will follow Matthew 18. If I ever offend you, would you, would you follow Matthew 18? And, and, and again, let's welcome that. So, sometimes when we, get, when, when we get into this locked in, in confrontation and heated battle, that's just a part of life. And Uzziah dropped the ball. Uzziah was prideful because he wouldn't receive it because he raged and he pushed back against it. So that's just another one of those little warning signs that how we handle confrontation may tell us whether or not we have an issue with pride. Let's keep going. Look at what happened next, 19b. While he was raging at the priest in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. Now, you know, pride will always catch you. That, that's what I've learned. Pride will always catch you. You, you, you can hide it for years, you, you, but at some point, it's going to get you. And it, it's at this point, man, where where uh, God God's going to strike Uzziah himself and I mean leprosy, right? And, and you, you know Uzziah's raising at him. Can't you see it? Oliver like? <gasps> and he's like, what what what's going on? And he's got and he he himself is like, man, I, I've been stricken by God. Well, that's not the end of it. Look at verse twenty one. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous. He was excluded from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge over the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah rested with his fathers. He was buried near them. Interesting. Buried near them in a field for burial that belonged to the kings, for the people said he had leprosy. And, and what I'm drawn to when, when pride always kicks back on us, leprosy um, disqualified Uzziah from being king anymore. He couldn't be king anymore. He couldn't live in his palace. He had to live in a separate house. He had to relegate, delegate the duties of his kingship to his son. So his son was a co-regent. He lived kind of excluded. And even when he died, they wouldn't bury him in the cemetery of the king's because he had leprosy. And the saddest line in the whole thing is, is that he, was, he did a lot of things. He did a lot of good things. But the last thing that we learn about him is the people all said he had leprosy. And it's just, I mean, when I think about leaders who've fallen in the past, uh, when they're prideful, sometimes that fall is the last thing people ever realize about them. So, so, so what are we, brothers and sisters, what, what are we to learn? What are we to glean? What life lessons? This is not just a history lesson. This is like, okay, God, search me and see. Peel back the layers of my heart. What are we to learn? Well, there's several lessons. May may we be a congregation that sees the value of young people. And may we surround them as as they learn to to live their faith and may we encourage them and support them and listen to them. And when they struggle and when they fall, may we build them up Uzziah had that. May we also learn that success comes from the hand of God. It's not any of us. I mean, mean, you know, I mean, you know, God gives us gifts, but I mean, all blessing comes from him. May, may may we be reminded that when we see someone going off the rails to stand up and speak up like the prophet in the 80, uh, but mostly, may we realize that, that pride destroys. May, may, may from our beginning of our journey with Jesus to the end, may, may, may we strive to follow him with humility. And when people confront us, may we receive that properly. Let me pray.